0: Before we start the show, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Their support keeps this show free for you. Have you tried Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals? Yes, you heard me. No cooking, no prepping, and no cleanup. Making eating better every day easy. These no-prep, no-mess meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. Plus, there are over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Ditch the meal prep today. Get started and have a week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash peace50 and use code peace50 to get 50% off. That's code PEACE50 at factormeals.com slash PEACE50 to get 50% off. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of control parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connective parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code and now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Parenting books can be daunting the length, the amount of information, and the time it takes to read and understand the material. Hand-in-Hand Parenting has a booklet set that has become what I recommend and use with all of my clients. The Listening to Children digital booklet set teaches you the tools of connection with examples in a concise and easy to read form. Because I'm certified through Hand-in-Hand and I adore all things connection, I have become their partner. If you buy this extremely useful booklet set, a portion of the sale will go directly to support this little podcast and its production. If you go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting, you can buy these extremely helpful booklets or anything else in their store. Again, you can go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and today we have a lovely guest, Jenna, who's a member of our community, and she sent in a parenting question. And so I'm gonna try to help her unravel this parenting question with connection, the best I know how. And so, Jenna, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Like you said, I'm Jenna. I'm a mom of two. I stay at home with them currently. We live in Hawaii, And my husband is in the military, so we're kind of moving quite often. Good. But you get to be in Hawaii. Yes, we're very, very lucky. We're excited to be here.
0: So fun. Great. What's one thing in your world that's going well today?
1: My mom just booked a flight to come out here, so we're really excited to see Nan and for my husband and I to get a little bit of a break and some date nights. So we're excited to get to see her in a few days.
0: Yay, that's exciting. That is exciting. Good. So fun for everybody. Okay, so let's dive right into it because I want to use all our time to get to your questions. So why don't you tell us what are you struggling with right now?
1: So right now we're struggling with our son who's eight years old his negative attitude. So if things aren't going his way, or if we aren't doing exactly what he wants, he either starts complaining or starts almost like attacking (laughs) the people that he's around. So, you know, if it's me, my husband, his little sister, who's three, we're just kind of wondering how to manage that. So when you say attacking, like physically aggression? No, I can give you an example. So we were playing basketball the other day and he's eight. So he's short, right? And the basket's quite high. So it's difficult for him to make a hoop. So we were playing together. He was having a hard time. And so he gave me the ball. I shot one and I missed. And he's like, miss. Like he just becomes a little unkind. Yeah. Okay.
0: Fair enough. Let's talk about what things do you think that I would want to know about him that could help us kind of get a better idea of where he's coming from.
1: Okay. So he is the product of divorce. (laughs) So his father lives in North Carolina. So the time difference is significant. We've moved, let's see, he's in third grade. So in the Kindergarten and first grade, he lived in a different state. Then we moved for second grade, and then now we're in a different state for third grade. And I think right now it's difficult because of the pandemic and everything, and he hasn't really connected with friends like he normally has. Yeah. So I think he's a little frustrated with that and only having a sibling who's five years younger <laughs> than he is can be quite challenging for him.
0: Yeah, I think all that stuff is important, right? Because it just gives us indicators of where he might be, you know, coming to life, coming to the basketball hoop with all that, right? And so maybe for him, when he has those upsets, it could possibly not be about him losing the basketball or not being able to make the hoop. So I think in those moments when he's upset, how do you normally come to him? I guess it kind of depends on the situation. Okay. So the basketball one, did you respond to him or did you just ignore it?
1: With that, I just try to reiterate that, you know, nobody's fantastic at something when they are starting to learn. And, you know, I'm 34 years old, so I know what I'm doing a little bit more than he does. And it just takes practice to get good at something. Right. And I think that's so sweet. Cause you're telling him it's okay to not make it
0: right. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to not be good. We don't have to be perfect. And we really want to teach our kids those things. Right. And I think it all comes from a place of like, Hey, you know, you don't have to be so upset about it because it's quote unquote, not that big a deal. Right. I think we feel like we don't want to lean into the negative with our child. We don't want to give credence to the negative because then we think they'll be negative or that they will not want to persevere or that we're not helping them fix this negative idea or behavior. But what I've seen and what I think really works in a very organic way is to be super empathic when the child gets to a place where they're frustrated or mad or upset. And I know we do a lot of empathy work around tantrums and big upsets, but the little upsets too can be a place where we can validate feelings. So instead I might say to them, oh man, you wanted to make that basket, didn't you? That's tough. You had a hard time. You didn't do that, did you? Are you mad? Yeah, I get it. Gosh, basketball's hard to just lean in with him when he's really upset or having a hard time or being negative, I would lean into his negativity so that you can say, I hear you, it's hard. And when we can do that, they can let go of it because they feel seen and heard and understood. And when we try to say to them, it's okay, you're all right. Everything's gonna be okay. It's not that bad. Then we're telling them really essentially, if you would just adopt This idea that I have as a 34 year old woman, if you just adopt this idea that it's okay, I've been through life and I know that making not making the basketball isn't that big a deal and that you're going to get there someday. If you adopt that way of thinking, then you can ignore your feelings. So when we try to tell them that everything's all right, in some way, we're telling them that they don't have a right to feel that way. Okay. And the feeling about the basketball could be like, below the surface, buried under there somewhere could be that he doesn't have anyone to play with his own age. He's got to play with his mom. It could be that he had to move and didn't really want to. It could be that he hasn't able to see his dad. And if you leaned into the empathy in those moments, you might really get him to be upset and really emote and really show you how he's feeling. It might make him even more upset when you are empathic, which is confusing to people too. Because you're like, wait a minute, why am I trying to make my child more upset? But really, in actuality, you're just leaning into where they are, as opposed to trying to derail them from how they feel. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And oftentimes when he is upset, he'll just kind of go down the rabbit hole of all the bad things that are going on in his life. And maybe it's not him so much being negative as it is him just explaining or verbalizing what he's going through. And it just comes across to me as negativity.
0: Well, it is negative, right? In actuality, is negative, but maybe it isn't always bad to be negative.
1: Right. He
0: just needs a place to be heard. And I think if you leaned in with the empathy, that his negativity overall would lessen because he's feeling seen and heard and understood. And then he's able to let it go. Right now it's staying in his system and he can't get it out. So it's like every interaction you have with him is gonna go to the negative place because it's stuck. He's stuck. He's stuck in this loop and he can't get out. But when you come with the empathy and he can have a huge upset and download and you're just like, I know this is really hard. I'm right here. It will help him re-regulate, feel better about himself and not be negative all the time, hopefully.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of things that I wanted to share because, you know, as adults, sometimes we just want to complain and not really have our problems solved. And I think we forget that as parents. So maybe it needs to get it out and we
0: want to fix things for our kids. I mean, it's much more urgent for parents to want to fix things for our kids because we don't want to see them upset. It's hard on us. We want their life to be, you know, quote unquote good. And so I think that's why we go to the fixing thing because we're like, we wanted things to feel good for them. We don't want them to feel bad, but it's okay. The negativity and the upset and the turmoil around one's Life in general is okay. Yeah. But it's hard to know that.
1: Yeah. In the moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But you said it so perfectly. He's going down the rabbit hole. And I think he probably will. If I were you, I would just make that my thing, validate everything. Oh, I didn't get, I wanted the red cup. Oh, man. You wanted the red cup. (laughs) Oh, we only have the green cup today. Doesn't mean you have to give him the red cup. It doesn't mean that you have to lower the basketball hoop and let him shoot it better. It really is telling you, oh, here's a little opening for him to have his feelings. Let me go there. Let me press in there so that I can get him to erupt. Okay. If that makes sense.
1: Yes, that's super helpful. And this is connective.
0: So listening to feelings, even if basketball hoop feelings or Red Cup feelings, rather than these huge big upsets that we always kind of you know, correlate to what we need to listen to, It's connective because he's getting empathy from you. And now you are a safe place for him to have his feelings. And now you're connecting him so deeply to you because you are seeing things from his side of the road. Right. So you're creating connection while you're empathizing, while you're validating.
1: Okay. Does
0: that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: I attribute all of the major shifts and changes in my parenting to Hand in Hand and Patty Whitfler. I could not have achieved the inroads to more connection with Esme and Pia without the Hand in Hand parenting approach. I owe this method and my sanity to their tools. That's why I've become an affiliate partner of Hand in Hand Parenting. Purchasing their products using my affiliate link directly supports this little podcast at no extra cost to you. I recommend the Listening to Children digital booklet set to all of my clients. It perfectly explains the listening tools and has been something I constantly return to myself. These tools are the heart of what I've learned myself and what I teach my clients. If you go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting, you can order them and also support this podcast in the process. So go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting and learn the essence of connective parenting while also supporting the peace and parenting podcast. I will also put the link in the show notes. So in addition to doing this, what I like to tell my clients is that we kind of have to do the whole program. We have to take care of ourselves because we can't listen to all these feelings and validate and be this like super present parent unless we're taking care of ourselves. So I'd say that's a one big thing to like really get some place to take care of yourself. Listening partnership is a really good place. It's part of the hand in hand parenting. Do you know about it?
1: Yes. So that
0: is a good thing if you have a listening partner or getting a listening partner to talk about like oh my gosh, he's complaining about everything. Now I have to listen to this and I have to listen to that and just having a place to have your own feelings that's a really good way to download your own stuff.
1: Okay. And then are you
0: doing special time?
1: That is a struggle. Special time is a struggle for us just because my three-year-old always wants to be with us if we're alone together. So it's not every day, but if my daughter takes a nap, then we'll do some special time during nap time. And then my husband and I will play board games with him after she's gone to bed for the evening sometimes. Okay, good. This is all good information. Okay. I want to get to all of this. So
0: special time is so special. It's like injecting your kid with connection every single day and every single day won't be perfect or every other day or whatever you're doing. I recommend every single day if you can get it in, even if it's only five or 10 minutes. Okay. Only because not every special time is good. Only some of them really build in that connection piece. So we try seven times and we hope we get a few that are good in that seven days. Are you making sure
1: it's anything he wants to do? I don't do screens. So he would choose video games every day if he could, but I say anything that's not a screen.
0: Great. Perfect. That's my rule too. And then you time it? No. Okay, you should time it only because it's a lot to do for every day, and sometimes it gets drug out unless you say, "Oh, it's over, okay, And do you announce it? You say, "This is special time. You can choose something so that he knows it's his time.
1: No, I don't,
0: okay, so I know it sounds dumb or like not <laughs> necessary or whatever, but it really does make a huge difference, and I've seen this over and over and over again. And I kind of know why, but I kind of don't know why. But what I know is that when we announce it, when we say, this is your time, I'm putting my phone away. I'm not going to talk to any of their siblings. I'm not going to talk to adults. I'm not going to get up and get the tea kettle. I'm going to focus on you for these 20 minutes. When we announce it, we actually act that way. And they get more benefit from it when they know it's their time because they can have control and they can do whatever they want. And they feel more empowered in those moments. And it's like this gift we're giving them when we announce it, we say, I'm giving you this time for you. And I'm going to do whatever you want. So I would just get in the habit. And then they'll start asking you for a special time, because they know they need and want it because it is this deep connective process. Okay, so time it, announce it. And the kid driven part it just sounds like you've got So I would really lean into the idea of trying to do it every single day if you can. And maybe it's even when your husband's home that he can take the baby and you can be with your son. But I would really try for two weeks to do it every day and see if you see a difference. Okay, do an experiment. And if you don't make it every day, we won't tell anybody. But you just try your best to do every day. So that's the other thing is just doing one part of this methodology is great. But doing them all is where you get the huge gains and benefit. Okay. So I would do the special time every day that's prescribed. I'm leaning into empathy, deep, deep empathy for every little tiny thing, even though it's going to be super annoying. And having a listening partner where you can say, I hate doing special time. I don't want to lean into empathy and this whole method sucks. And can somebody please listen to me? (laughs) Okay. So those are my suggestions for that stuff. You guys are playing board games at night. So the other thing I would just add, are you letting him win?
1: So we weren't before. We're really competitive in this specific game. But I don't remember if it was reading a book or listening to one of your podcasts. But somebody somewhere said, it's okay to let them win. And so every now and then we do. So it doesn't mean we don't play, but we do. I would do another experiment. Okay and just really try
0: to throw the game, play, play and have fun. Because we want to teach our kids that the play is the fun part, right? We don't want to teach them that the winning is the fun part. Okay. And if we're playing to win, they know. But if we're playing just to have fun, they also know that. So if we're losing every time and they're winning every time, we're really showing them that I'm just here to play with you. I'm not here to beat you. Okay. And kids will learn to lose. The moment they go to school, the minute they enter a team, the competition in this country is just huge. And let's just give them one place where they can always be the winner because it's not often we get to be the winners. I mean, when I do my giveaways, people, honestly, they'll be like, oh my God, I never win anything. This is so exciting. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you poor thing. Like all I'm giving you is my free course. Like nobody ever let you win. And yeah. you're craving winning so much because winning is the prize possession in our country, in our society. So I'd say, let him win every single time because it's the only place he's going to. And you might see a big shift in the play, in how you feel about it, in the way he comes to you, in his endearment. I would just do an experiment for two weeks and see how that plays out too.
1: Okay, I um, can do that.
0: Gemma, my podcast partner, she was like, I can't do it. I can't, I have to win. <laughs> I was that way, too. I was literally playing with my four-year-old Candyland, and I was determined to win Candyland. <laughs> and somebody asked me about it, and then afterwards I was like, "What is wrong with me? I am going to get to the shoe and the ladder, and I'm going to get there. I'm going to get Princess Frostine." And I was like obsessed with getting Princess Frostine so much so that Esme started cheating, because she really wanted to win, because I valued winning so much, I was showing her like, you have to win. And she would like hide Princess Frosty. And I remember this distinctly, every single game and every single game, we would have this blowout. And when I learned this whole idea of winning and losing, and I started to letting her win, we were so happy. We actually played to have fun and it didn't matter. And then she would cheat and I would say, oh, who cares? Just cheat. What do I care? And now my kids don't care about losing because they've won, they know what it feels like, they know that it's not important to win and now nobody cares about winning or losing and they just have fun. Okay. So it won't backfire, I promise you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Any other questions about anything?
1: I think I just have one more question. So when it comes to my daughter, she's three years old, she likes to do make-believe and you know, she could say this guy is purple and totally convince herself that that's what it is. But when she does things like that, my son will correct her until the cows come home. So, you know, it's difficult for me to not get upset and just be like, just let her, yeah, just let her make believe. So I don't know how to handle that either.
0: That's so common. I think, first of all, the oldest always wants to correct or tell the little one they're not doing something right. And I think it's all about, how do we come to mistakes with the oldest? When he makes a mistake, how do we treat that mistake? And we really want to be conscious of not calling those mistakes out and not chastising them and not punishing them and not punishing in general. If you're using punishments or consequences or lecturing or reasoning or bribing or threatening or star charts, or I could go on and on and on and on, but all these like external manipulators if you're using those, then we're telling our children mistakes are not okay. Right. We're telling our children, you have the ideal behavior is perfection. And I'm going to use these manipulations to get you to be perfect because I want your behavior to be perfect. So then they internalize the idea that everything should be corrected and everything should be perfect. And so then they take what they've learned and They place it on the people around them and most especially their younger siblings because that's a place where they feel control. And even if we're not using the manipulations and the star charts and the punishments and all that stuff, we might be correcting. And when we correct the child, we make them feel shame for the way in which they have made a mistake. And so I would just really kind of back away from pointing out his mistakes. Okay. And it's going to take time because he's got to start to internalize that you're not doing that. And when he starts internalizing that, then he's going to start treating his sister the way you treat him. Okay. So I would just kind of, if you are pointing out his mistakes, I would just kind of really reel back on that. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely. Because I I don't know. I think I do that, even though I know I don't want to in the back of my mind, I think I do.
0: I don't think you're alone.
1: Yeah. I think we all are like, gosh, they're doing the wrong thing.
0: And we've been told is like, correct them teach them instead of model to them. Okay. Modeling your best friend.
1: Yeah. Do you think I've ruined
0: him? <laughs> Heck no. Okay. I told you about Candyland. <laughs> I've done that plus 7 million things. Pia said to me, I go, what's the worst thing mommy ever did? Oh, mom, when you used to send us to timeout, I never knew when I was going to come out. I felt so lonely on that bench in the hall. I would just sit there and sit there. And I was so sad. And I was like, oh, dagger in the heart, turn it around, you know, like, yeah. and my kids are just fine. Okay. You have not ruined anything. Well, thanks. <laughs> gonna be great. He's going to be just fine. He's very little tweaks and he's going to be great.
1: Yeah. They're both such good kids, you know, they're so sweet. So he wants to be sweet. He's just stuck right now. Yeah. He'll get back
0: to his shininess and his sunniness with the empathy and the connection and winning and all that will make him feel really powerful, better about himself.
1: Good. I'm excited to implement these
0: things. I'm just going to say caveat. Normally, everybody out there listening, normally, I would like not give you everything because it's a lot. I would give one and then you would go back and you would work on it. And then we would come back and check in and then we'd tweak it. And then you would tell me all your notices. And then usually when you do that, it leads us on down another path of more learning. And so I'm giving you it all. So I'm hopeful that it's helpful. And if it's not, then you'll just email me, please.
1: (laughs) Sure thing. Well, I'm super, super thankful for you taking the time to chat with me about all this. So I'm really, really excited to see some changes in behavior, including my behavior. So yeah, I think you will. I think you'll see big things.
0: Well, (laughs) thank you, Jenna. Thank you for being here. I so appreciate it. And thank you everybody for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you guys next time. Jenna really wants to make things in life easy for her young kids. We all want that and can relate to her on so many levels. It's hard to see our children experience upset and complain about things that are bothering them. Naturally, we want to fix things, as we want life to be stress-free for our kids. But in reality, they also experience things which are hard, and sometimes we just need to lean into understanding those hard things, even though they may not make sense to us. I know Jenna will find her way with empathy. If I can, I'm certain any of us can. I wish her all the luck in her parenting journey. Thank you to all of the people who have written wonderful reviews. One listener said, I absolutely love Michelle and the relatable and practical approach she teaches with parenting. Allowing our kids to experience their emotions and simply support them, hold space, don't try to fix it, simply allow it, try to model, not teach, brilliant. Wow, this kind of gives me the chills reading it thank you. You have no idea what this feedback means to me. I would love to hear from more of you. And if you happen to write a review, please send a screenshot and I will enter you to win my online course, How to Stop Yelling. I'll choose a winner each month. Email me at michelle at peaceandparentingla.com. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to connecting with you next time. Much love.